This is the Michaelated Show, episode 34. We are back. It's been one week. Very special guest in the house tonight here at the studio, Joe Q. And we are live. How are you doing, fine sir? Oh, I'm doing very well. I love that introductory music. <laughs> yeah, I made that on the iPad. Oh, deadly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's like you can do anything nowadays, right? It's amazing the technology where it's uh where it's going and uh where it's where where, where it's brought us right now and where it's gonna go, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I um the last uh I don't know, probably eighteen months I've been um converting over one of my businesses to a kind of smart so i've got it all on my on my uh, phone and the apps and the devices that are out there between cameras and light switches and uh um the remote monitoring and remote sensors is just unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah you can manage a whole company from a little device in your hand yeah how's or you or you can watch it as well uh, right. yeah how's yeah. that possible I know, moving cameras around and uh, <laughs> being able to talk to people in the room and they're looking around, where is that? I mean, I'm talking to them and I'm, you know, 250 kilometers away. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. Do you feel like ever you want to disconnect? Um, yes, uh, and I do a pretty good job of that um, in the summertime. Mm especially in the weekends, um, especially when I go out to the lake. Uh, I've got another business that's out at the lake, and uh, I'll try to keep my phone, and I'll just leave it in my uh, in my bedroom and walk away. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've, what is it, we had 19 years now that I've had Sensia. Mm. Um, we, um, we do a lot of um, hosting and remote um, uh, applications and stuff, so there's been an element of always being on call, let's mm-hmm. say, and yeah. so... I do get that itch about every four or five hours to go check my phone to make sure that nothing's blown up here. That's right, right? Because there's servers and everything, and it's like you you got to be you got to be on top of that. Of course, and a lot of times on the weekends, um, you know, there's still a, a, a small team of us that watch it, but mm. the more eyes on it, the better. Yes. So even if I can't fix it, as long as I can get a hold of someone to help me fix it or yes. look into it, is uh, is good. Yes. Because there's also like a temperature system, right? Where you like observe the temperature inside the room. Oh, yeah. Our uh, our, our data centers are environmentally controlled mm. for humidity and for um, cooling. And so if any of those um, go, we have sensors that send us alerts and then our backup systems power up. But ah. the odd time is those backup systems are st- sitting on standby. If they don't power up, you need someone on mm. the ground quickly yeah. to make sure that they, uh, you know, uh, figure out a different cooling system whether they're leaving the doors open and getting fans in there or mm. resetting breakers or whatever whatever the case may be yes yeah that's fascinating it is yeah. 19 years ago okay so 19 years ago that was like a while back 2001 yeah that, there was no iphone there was like no blackberry no there was blackberry blackberry wasn't 2001 mm-hmm. wow which one did you have <laughs> Which um, was your first BlackBerry? So if we want to talk about cell phones, I I had a hard time with Blackberries at the beginning. I didn't like the um I didn't like the proprietary software that they ran. Mm. And so I was on an open at that time it was uh one of the very first smartphones out there and it was uh, I'm trying to remember the brand. Palm? 
Mm, it was right after the Palm. Mm. Uh, I don't remember the brand, but it ran Windows. Oh. It, it ran a Windows operating system on there, and that was why uh, that was my first smartphone. And that was, I think, uh, two thousand and one, two thousand somewhere in there. Mm. And I ran that for about three or four years, but then that um, lost market share, and they basically uh, folded. Mm. And then um, when I looked at all the security and encryption, uh, BlackBerry was the uh, BlackBerry was it, and so I jumped on that wagon. And uh, to this day, I still uh, I still have one. Yes, uh, hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm scooping them up off of eBay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you love it. Yeah, you know it's a good phone. I like the keyboard. I like the encryption. I like the security. Mm. Um, when you're familiar with it, I mean now nowadays it's on Android, so it's it's converted over completely their operating system, but. There's still a lot of their uh, software pieces that are on there that um, function very, very well. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. So you had a you had a device we don't know, but it was a Windows phone. Yeah, uh, it I was had, a Windows phone. It's, if I look close enough at home, I'll probably have it in a drawer somewhere. But I, I, I I'm trying to remember the name. Maybe closer, you know, in, that we're talking, it'll it'll yeah. come to me. Do you have like a room in your house where you save all those old devices? Uh. No, I have uh, I have a few of my old ones in my office mm. at work, and uh, I have uh, one or two of them at home in a drawer. Yes, yes. I had the Matrix phone from Nokia, the slider, the green one, and then it slides out. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they came out with this Nokia communicator. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's a mouthful. So, and I bought it off eBay and it was like 500 euros and I was just like a kid in high school, but I loved it. I'm like, I was obsessed with technology and then I had it and it was just like, everybody thought I brought a, like a, a computer with me. It's changed so fast. It has, it has. Yeah. You know, and I, I always thought that Nokia would have, uh, would have dominated the cell market. I don't know what happened where, where they, uh, where they missed out in the share, but their phones were like mm. f- phenomenal they were bricks they were they worked um you know they they always worked i mean they never had any problems and i had uh I'm trying to remember what uh, i had the the flip nokia mm-hmm. i had uh, my very first phone i believe it or not was a panasonic Ooh. yeah it was like uh i don't know probably about this big mm-hmm. it was very heavy yes yeah, <laughs> it was like 1995 it did not fit in the pocket <laughs> no no it did not fit at all yeah. even trying to you know, put it in like in somewhere in your vehicle when you're driving to try to answer it. It was, mm. it, was you know, it was like a huge case for it. Yeah. Did uh. you feel like cell phones were a good thing back then that you could reach people suddenly all over the place? Oh yeah, yeah. So my time during uh, university um, to basically my part time job, I was snow plowing, uh. and um, yeah, it was a couple of rough years because I what I would do is on, especially in snowstorms, I would I would basically snow plow all night. Yes. And then I would go into class. And wow. my very first class was uh, finance. <laughs> Professor Harvickson. And he's got this deep voice. And, Just uh, like you. And uh, he put me to sleep every morning. And it was, and I, and I had literally would have to wake up, you know, I would wake up at the end and I would have to go to his, his office and apologize and explain to him the reason, you know what I mean? And then, you know, by that time I'll have a couple more coffees and then I can make it through the day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That was here in Thunder Bay? Yes, yeah. Lake Inn. Nice. Yeah. What did yeah. you study? Um, well, it's an interesting story. Um, when I started at Lake Inn in 90, I don't know, 95, 96, um, 
I was going to become an accountant. I uh, love numbers. I still do love numbers. I, uh, I did very well in, um, in my accounting and economic classes in high school and I uh, was going to become an, a chartered accountant. So the first, um, at Lakehead, I registered for the Honest Bachelor of Commerce. And the way that program works, it's a four-year program. The first two years is general business. So you get to touch all topics, you know, nice. marketing, uh, hotel ma- or management, uh, human resources, accounting, computers, finance. Um, you get to touch it all. And um, so after I completed the first two years, a friend of mine um, that we grew up together, he's like, hey, you know what? We should take a summer course. Let's get ahead of the game because third year is very difficult. Third year is basically where they weed all the mm. students out. So you either go, if you can't maintain an 80% average, you get pushed down to be admin. You graduate one year and you're done. Okay. If you can maintain an 80% average, you can continue on in the commerce program. Interesting. So we knew that we were going to be busy. And uh, so we said, you know what? Let's take a summer course. So we crack open the, um, I can't remember the ca- the course calendar. Mm. And uh, so this is 1997 now. We found a course called Internet 101. <laughs> what did you think? Did you did you know what it was? Not a, not a clue. I mean, I had an idea. I mean, I was already doing telephone banking. Yes. Or um, uh, no, that time it was called telephone. Yeah, it was called telephone banking, and it was called computer banking. Or yeah, it was called computer banking or PC banking. Mm-hmm. And so we had the CD-ROM and you installed the program and your computer would dial out and you would do all your banking. So you pay your bills and stuff. And my parents um, had apartments forever. And so I used to pay the bills and stuff. My mom and dad weren't really technology savvy. So I kind of did all that and mm-hmm. kind of help it out. So, so that was as far as I had. I didn't really have uh, anything else about internet. And uh, so I, I, we took the course and let me tell you, Michael, I was fascinated. I was sitting in there, I was listening to the prof, and I thought, you know what, this is this is definitely going to change the world. Mm, that's how you came across it. Yeah, so while I'm in class, um, I'm asking lots of questions. I'm understanding it. And uh, after class, I would go and see my professor. And his name was Richard Glue. He was a complete mentor of mine. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you the story, but he's basically changed my life for, you know, it was amazing. Mm. And so I would go see him and, uh, you know, we would further uh, extend the topic, whatever we were talking about, we would, you know, I would go even further in depth. And um, he used to have these, like this huge 22 inch monitor. And if you got to think back then, I mean, the thing was the whole table. Oh my God, the whole table. (laughs) And so he's back behind there and he's typing on the keys and you could barely see his forehead. Right. Mm. And as I'm talking and then, uh, you know, I asked a question and, he stopped typing and he kind of popped his head over and he says, uh, Hey Joe, what's your major? And then I said, accounting. Why? And he shakes his head and he goes, I don't know. He goes, uh, I see you as a systems guy. Mm. I said, what do you mean systems? He's like, you know, well, you're, you pick up, you've got, you've got the knowledge, you've got this, this knack to pick up this topics and understand it. Yeah, you ask questions about it. You see things. Yeah, so my whole world was shattered right there. So I was like, man, I was going to become an accountant. I had registered all my courses for third year. I was all set. You know what I mean? Like it was, so I went home and probably spent uh, the next two weeks contemplating life, saying, man, did I make a mistake? What am I going to do? You know what I mean? And these are big, for whatever reason, they're stressful decisions. You know, 
So after those two weeks, I went into the registrar's office and I said, I got to change my major. major. Okay. And so I literally went from accounting right into computers. That's possible, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. I caught it at the right time. Yeah. I mean, you could change your major at any time, but I mean, it's just going to add more years to your, um, to you know, your schooling kind of thing. Interesting. What did what what was the final um, outcome in those two weeks? Like, what made you decide? Okay, now you know what this is. It. Did you hang out with the professor again or with your friends or did you just like you thought about it? Well, I kept on, I was still in the class and I would go and see him every day. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, I remember laying in bed and I was thinking, you know, I want to do something that's going to keep me on my toes. I want to do something that's going to, um, you know, there's leading edge and then there's bleeding edge mm. and bleeding edge edges the very very that 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 edge of being um, working on something that has been so uh world changing mm. okay and and i wanted to be there i love that excitement i love launching a new product i love thinking of a new idea and that's what the this whole internet seemed to be yes um you know my question in class that I think all the students, when I asked, I probably thought that I was crazy was that this is going to change the software world. Mm. And the instructor asked, well, how? And I said, well, if the internet can do what I think it can do and get to where it can get to, there won't be any need for computers or processing because it'll all happen on the internet. Mm. And, you know, nowadays you can get Google Excel spreadsheets that you don't even need to install the program locally on the computer. It's all running online. And that's, that's what true. I meant is that yes. basically all these programs now are running online. They're on the Internet. Yeah, the knowledge gets transferred not into a, a device anymore. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you saw that after a summer of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, like when we were looking at, um, when we were teaching all the fundamentals and I could see where, you know, the power, I just, for whatever reason, I, I, I could see where, where this was going to take us. Mm. Is that the drive you always had? Like you said, you had that snow plowing business. That's like you were in, that was your business. Was that your business? Uh, yeah, I was, I was subcontracting for my cousin. So my okay. cousin owned a company that did, um, uh, he had a snow plowing and I, I was a subcontractor from mm. him. So that was my first shot at, um, uh, you know, running a business, being yes. an entrepreneurship yeah. uh, or an entrepreneur, I would, uh, you know, I was tracking my expenses, you know, how much I spent on gas and how much I spent on oil and, you know, putting my repairs and, you know, had a shoebox with all my receipts and mm. keeping track of, you know, all my time and, you know, making sure I build properly and all that. So it was fun. I liked it. I yes. liked, uh, I liked that. Uh, I liked the economic piece of, uh, and the business thing. Okay. And then you had this opportunity Like, who can say that when the internet came in the early days, you saw what's happening and you saw the potential? Like yeah, the, you the know, timing? there's... It's timing. It's um, it's timing and understanding. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple other stories in the new, in university days. I mean, um, when I was in, in university, the MP3 was... Um, invented mm. and uh, i still remember downloading my first mp3 that's crazy and you know we took basically i think it was that time it was a limit of 65 minutes per cd mm. and you took 
65 minutes of worth of music. And now because of the MP3, you can turn that into roughly 650 minutes of yes. music because it was MP3. And I remember sitting with this prof and I said, you know what? The MP3, it's going to change the music industry. Mm. And my prof said, well, how? And I said, you won't need to buy media anymore. Mm. And he says, I still don't understand how you're saying that. And I said, because you're going to be able to buy this, this, this MP3 and download it to a device. Mm -hmm. And, um, shortly, shortly after that, you know, Napster was around. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you started seeing, you know, devices like the iPod. So, you know, it, the software or the MP3 needed to be there before the iPod was Mm -hmm. invented kind of thing. That was kind of like, that's how it would happen. Cause back then the MP3 is the only time you could ever play them was on, uh, was on computers. Yes, so you had to build a portable device for it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You think that's how invention usually work? When you have something and then you want to make it better or you have to get it somewhere else? Well, I think the, I think you hit it right on the nail on the head there. I think uh, an invention is usually invented because someone has seen either a problem or an opportunity. Hmm. And that fundamentally is what, you know, an inventor can see something or see something that they can do something better. Okay. Why didn't you build an MP3 player? <laughs> University days, you know, there's no, uh, I wouldn't even imagine how, how I would start to yes. do something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's one thing to think of something, um, but it's another thing to execute it. Yes. And that's one lesson that I learned is that whenever I think of something, I'm definitely going to be executing a lot more often. Um, another story was when I, um, you know, I first, uh, when I was, um, my uh, when I started dating my wife, Mm. we had bought um, a digital camera it was like two thousand dollars or something they were crazy you know these these things things now they've come down so much in price and uh i said to her i said you know like everyone's taking these photos there's no point to develop them Mm. she's like well how come i said well because they're on these little discs and you can flip through them on the phones and i said wow you know and i said even further than that i said wouldn't it be cool that you could share with the photos with all your family members around the world. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I said, you know, it'd be really cool to invent a website that you can, you know, upload your family photos and then, you know, have people that you're friends with. Yeah. Look at them. I agree. Yeah. And I think it was about, uh, I don't know, a year or two years later and Facebook was born. Right. How do you feel about that when you have those ideas and you can't, like, you see it, but you can't, like, do you, do you feel the need to invent? I, I think, I think, I, 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 I have a feeling that it is inside of me, but I, I feel that the lesson that I've learned is that when I think of something, I need to execute it and I can't just leave it uh, yes. sitting there. You get that spark. That's right. It's there That's now. Right. That's right. And get on it. Yeah. Yeah, because supposedly, I don't know how the universe works, but there's... Uh, on earth and there's on one side this guy has one idea and on the other side of the earth the other guy has the same idea it's like but where do those ideas come from right and then they they develop the same thing and then eventually you find out hey you do you did that too wow yeah yeah it's fascinating yeah so another you know and i'm just now now you got me thinking about some of the things that i've thought about i mean another another thing that i had thought about was when the ipads were released mm. which ones the ones with the wheel 
<laughs> or the ones with the actually the iPods you said? No, iPads. Oh, the, the iPads. iPads. Okay, sorry. So the iPads, and this is when my my kids were really really small, and we did we we were very fortunate. We did a lot of traveling. We brought them to Europe, uh, you know, many mm-hmm. times, and uh, and um, you know the you know the different places in the Caribbean. Well, those those long flights, you know, um, as a parent. Uh, you try to entertain the kids. You don't want them screaming. You want to, you know what I mean. So you got snacks and you got, you know, electronics and you got everything right. So we got the schedule all set up. But we've got a, you know, we're fortunate that we had iPads for the kids. But the iPads, they, you couldn't store enough um, things on them. Okay. So you could go and download, you know, um, you know, Dora the Explorer, a couple episodes, but then it would be full. You couldn't, you know, put anything else. And, um, you know, and I came up with this idea to invent this box, this little black box that would have a battery in it and it would have a huge hard drive Mm. and it would be basically Wi-Fi, Mm -hmm. but it would be just a closed network Wi-Fi where you can just flip it on. You're in a plane, your kids can connect their devices to it and then they can stream from it. Mm -hmm. So you download 50, 30 movies on there, um, episodes. They can select it and then, and they can select it. Right. And it's, so you don't have to change the device that you bought. Right. So the iPad, the, whatever it is, the Samsung, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, it doesn't matter. As long as it has Wi-Fi, you'll be able to connect to it. Yeah. So that was about, uh, seven, eight years ago that I thought about that. And then Netflix, obviously Netflix was a Netflix was around, but then they came out with the option that they can download it Mm -hmm. to the device. But again, your device needs a lot of storage for that. Yes. So this was a this was to comprom- um to complement the devices that don't have a lot of storage because back in the day when you bought an iPad it was like sixteen, mm-hmm. you know, or eight gigs. It was very very small. Yes. It was, didn't have they didn't have a lot of size to them. Why do you think it's so slow the storage? Why does it take so many generations to get the storage higher? Is it is it like played by the company, or do you think it's because technology is still is so expensive and it needs to be accessible. The way that technology works is that when someone invents something, it becomes cheaper as they mass produce it. Okay. And so, you know, especially when you look at memory and hard drive spaces, um, there wasn't no demand for a large. Mm. So to get a really big one, you're paying a lot of money for it. Yeah. But then once it becomes mainstream, it's very inexpensive, uh, right? Okay. So they can mass produce it, and then all of a sudden it becomes. Mm. Now also the technology allows for things that were this big now to be this big, right? Yes, and then also the hard drives change now too, right? Oh yeah, with you the solid state. Yes, um, you know that's uh, that 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 was a huge leap in the hard drive industry. Mm. Did you think about that too? No, okay. no. I mean, uh, no, I never thought about that. But I did. I did know. I did say to my professor one year. Um, Back in the day when we used to work, I used to volunteer and help out at uh, Lake Kids um, in the data centers where they had all their service. A lot of times we would have hard drives that would die so that we would replace them. And uh, I took one. I was fascinated. I wanted to take one apart to see what, you know, there's bearings and moving parts. And I said, man, this has got to change. Mm. This has to change because this heavy. is heavy. It's heavy and that there's too much stuff that can go wrong. Yeah. And so I think the uh, solid, you know, and I don't know the history because I never read it, but, but the solid state drives, I think, became first implemented in the military okay. because they were running these computers in like basically in the back of Hummers mm. and they needed them to be able to absorb, um, you know, a lot of bumps with the conventional old school hard drives. Ah. You bump them, they're done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't even about the data, really. It was just about the maybe. Yeah. Okay. I see. I thought it was about the speed first. But I guess 
it's like the you know you had this portable CD player and if you had the one with the antique shock you were the guy. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember those. Yeah, you could you could run for thirty seconds because it would save for thirty seconds, and then after that it would start skipping. Start would, skipping. Oh, That's slow right. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you graduated, obviously. Yes. So um, the story of Lakehead, um, and I have a great story. I mean, I've got very fun memories. It's a fantastic university. A faculty of business is uh, mm. phenomenal. Um, I started working. So this, me becoming friends with this um, professor opened up a lot of opportunity for me. He introduced me to a lot of other professors and a lot of um, staff at Lakehead. And so mm. because I really enjoyed working with the internet and the computers, um, I got kind of split two part-time jobs okay it was at the computer store at uh, campus tech i worked there and then i also was working in student placement and co-op at the time mm. so student placement and co-op had a computer lab they had their own computer lab they had just gotten their own uh, they were the one of the first um Lakehead was one of the first universities to have an online job bank Ooh. and um so a group of students coming through the um, the uh, management information's HP Commerce program. They built uh, this uh, online job bank, but they were brilliant, brilliant kids. They ended up, uh, you know, obviously graduating because they were in their senior year and then moved away. So mm-hmm. Seattle, Calgary, they all got jobs in yeah. the technology industry. Well, no one was left to support it, so they brought me in and I learned it um, basically from the ground floor, mm-hmm. and I did the support for it for about. Um, I would say uh, it's funny because I still supported it. Uh, they came over when we uh, started Sensia, so we I, I probably Beautiful. supported it for 10, 10, 15 years. Yes. It was a great job bank. So while I was working for uh, student placement and co-op, one summer I got a call from my manager. Um, unfortunately, he's passed away. He was another great mentor of mine, Mo Teeter. Mm. And he says, uh, hey, Joe, what are you working on? I said, oh, you know what, uh, Mo, I'm working on the new uh, uh, job applications, uh, you know, that uh, the employers are going to be filling out online and, you know, and it's going to go into the database. And I was talking talk, uh, all tech talk and he was, you know, like, you know, mm. it was kind of going over his head a little bit. For sure. And he says, uh, I need you to pack your bags. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? He says, I need you to move to Winnipeg. I said, Mo, I'm... I'm still a student and, mm. and I'm like going to Italy next week for the summer. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, I think, uh, I think you're going to have to change your plans. Mm. So I asked a few more questions and, uh, he says, well, I, I, uh, Cargill grain in, in Calgary, in, um, Winnipeg is a huge supporter of Lakehead university. Well, was a huge supporter, um, in the, uh, in hiring a lot of our students. Mm hmm. And uh, they were a big contributor. They did some major donations, and I think he had just gotten a check for like you know twenty five or fifty thousand dollars. Which mm. back in ninety, what was it ninety seven, ninety eight? It was you know a lot of money, right? For sure. And uh, so he said, "Well, I, we I promised him a co op student, a really good co op student." And then I said to him, "I said, well, Mo, I'm not in the co op program." Mm. He goes, "Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about that." <laughs> 
So I went home, thought about it, called my parents in Italy, and I said, I'm not coming. Mm. I said, actually, by the time you guys get here, come back, I'll be, I'll, I'll have all my stuff packed, and I'm going to have to move to Winnipeg for a year. Wow. So they thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, it was something that I just spontaneous, but uh, so I, uh, I, I was fast-tracked into the co-op program, and I did a 12-month stint for Cogger Green in their IT department in uh, downtown Winnipeg. Wow. And uh, Michael... The stuff that I learned was mm-hmm. awesome. And you know what? I had a big budget mm-hmm. and that was even better. So I had state-of-the-art computers, state-of-the access to the state-of-the-art software. I had um, I had teams of developers, wow. teams of IT staff that I could pick their brains and it was like mm-hmm. a it was like a little kid in a candy shop. So I just had such a good time there for twelve months. This was your second system in a way? Because yeah. you had the the no, the job application system. Yeah, the job bank. Yeah. So, so my first uh, go when I was at Cargill, I built them an HR bank. Okay. And basically, what that uh, what that did is that it was a it was a job skill matching. So, mm. the company was so big, eighty seven thousand employees around the world. Yeah. Okay. So, if the, you knew you were working with a technology, so let's say that uh, you know, let's pick on the sound system here. Mm. I don't know who makes it, but let's. What is it? Road. Yes. Road equipment. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. So it, it looks beautiful too. So and it sounds beautiful. <laughs> so your specialty is in the road equipment. You mm. understand it. You've used it for many, many years. Now all of a sudden you got a uh, another office. Say you know, and you're and you're located in Winnipeg, and now you got an office in Calgary. Mm. And there's someone that's that's looking at buying sound equipment, and that's the brand they want. They want to be able to look up road and see who in the company has okay. um, experience with it. Yes. And you would be able to rate your experience. You can say, I'm an advanced or a beginner. Mm. So they can pick up the phone and say, Michael, we're thinking about buying this equipment. What do you think? Do you think, do you mind flying up here and helping us out? Okay. Maybe do it. You know what I mean? So it was starting to become uh, a synergy between inter offices across mm-hmm. North America. That's big. Yeah, so we I built them a database that they would be able to do. So people would be able to go register themselves. They would be able to list all their skills and what they're good at mm. and rate them. And then other people would be able to search them. Okay, so the system, very, very impressive at that time. And the system was a huge database, right? That's right, and it was all web-based. Yes, that's amazing. And then now, when would it change into the system would actually tell you, hey, there's somebody there? Then you wouldn't have to search for that anymore. How recent is that? Well, that would have been that would have been a really good add-on. That would have been alerting. So you could say, hey, you know what? If someone ever says that they're an advanced uh, road uh, equipment specialist, send me a quick email. Mm. I want to meet this person. Oh, okay, right? you, that was possible. That was possible. It wasn't, we didn't think about it then, but mm. the, absolutely that's the possible. So it wouldn't be AI, it would be more programming. That's right. Yes. That, that's right. Yeah. What do you think about AI? That's a very big question, but the, like the implementation of it in your daily use, are you comfortable with that? I am, as long as it's been completely thought out because AI is all about uh, you know, you, you get to have scenarios and then you, you know, you apply a, a formula to it, mm-hmm. um, which you almost have to think of every possibility, right? So then you've got like... Yes, there's a different systems, right? The system that you have to like implement everything and tell the system, this is what you do when this happens. But then there's also, have you heard about deep learning where the system 
learns by itself? Um, I, I've heard the term. I've never re- really done any research into mm, it. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I bought a book on it. And because I've just found it so fascinating. But mm. you know what you have to have for it? You have to have good math for it. Mm. Yeah, because it's all applying uh, <laughs> formulas and probabilities. Yeah, it's linear algebra. That's mm. where it starts right there. Yeah. yeah. So you would be really good at that because <laughs> math is... is Maybe uh, if I got the patience for it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is why is math so important? Because of the programming. Yeah. Okay. And math uh, allows you to look at a problem and troubleshoot. And when you're programming and designing systems, you need to you need to have that foresight and you need to have that uh, capacity to think through the problems and have the what ifs. Okay, mm. so if this happens, what if that happens? What if? Yes. That math always tells the truth. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, mm. you can't really lie with math. Yeah, math always will tell you. Yeah, what one it plus is. one is equal to two, no matter what anyone does, right? Or <laughs> yeah. says. I like that one. Yeah. My dad said that one to me. I was like, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Really like that one. Wow. So you, you went for Winnipeg for you. Yeah, so I spent. Uh, so my first. So my 12 month stint was split up into two six month terms. Six month, they put me into the software development side. And I had a great time. Met a lot of great people. I met database engineers. I really understood. I really got to understand how to how to how to normalize data and 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 how databases fundamentally work. Mm. And you got to think I was with the leading and bleeding edge people and knowledge base for to be at that time. Then the next six months, it's spe- crazy how this comes together. Absolutely, I'm just yeah. shaking my head because like you come across Internet 101 and then. A couple of years later, you have that opportunity and it all comes together again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely opened up a lot of doors for me. And then my next six months there, I did uh, IT support. So it was computer hardware, just deploying computer labs. It was updating servers. And um, at that time, the technology, they're unfortunately not around anymore, um, but there was Novell servers. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember, you might be too young, the Y2K bug. Yeah, so I, I do know a little bit about it. About it, I was so, like, how old was I? I was sixteen, probably. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what? Uh, because I was very good at Novell servers, and that was what I got trained at Lakehead um, with uh, my mentor and uh, professor there. They start. They flew me around all across Canada, and I did all the patches for the Novell servers. So all the green elevators. Um, I was uh, seven green elevators around uh, the. Canada. I'm trying to remember all the cities that I visited that time. Basically, it was 10 days and I was on the road. It was like one, land, go to the grain elevator, jump back on a plane. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I couldn't even keep track where I was sleeping at that time for those 10 days. But I, I deployed basically all the patches at all the servers. So was that a thing? Like There's a lot of misconception maybe. People sometimes think nothing happened really, but mm-hmm. was there work behind the scene that was done? I think so. I mean, you got to remember the media sensationalizes a lot of stuff right sure and uh was it a big deal yeah i mean you know you take a, a two-digit year and now it's four digits because you can't reset it so you, when you roll over from 99 you can't go to zero zero mm. and so basically you had to go reprogram all the things to say take a two-digit year and turn it into a four digit okay and so there was enough time that we, you know, nothing, you know, the power didn't turn off or, mm. you know, all the, all, all the stuff that they kind of, you know, said that they could, you know, people were stocking up and buying generators and mm. filling up their water. I mean, you know, a little bit overboard uh, or a lot overboard, I guess I could say, but, um, you know, but b- bottom line, it was, uh, you know, 
it was a glitch that mm. uh, it wasn't thought up up right. You know, in the seventies when all these computer programs were starting, no one thought about uh, thirty years down the road, right? Yeah. So nothing would have happened. Or would the computer just like the age, the the the, the, the year would change, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say nothing would have happened. I think the, everything that's based on a year calculation would have probably been broken. You yes. know what I mean? It okay. probably wouldn't have known what to do, and you know, it would have given you a wrong number. Yes. Yeah. yeah so very important. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So you you spent a year there. Yeah, spent a year there. Came back. Mm. Did you like Winnipeg? Uh, it was cold. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that wind. Mm. I'll never forget that. I lived so, down, yeah. I lived downtown and my office was six blocks away. <laughs> and Michael, let me tell you, those six blocks were the longest blocks ever. <laughs> At minus 30, minus 40, that wind, it felt like it was cutting your face. It was just crazy. Yeah. Did you wear a balaclava? Yeah. I didn't have one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, I was a student, right? I didn't have a lot of money then. So, yeah. So uh, I came back, and um, another turning point was my instructors came up to me, and he says, uh, hey, Joe, I noticed you registered in uh, Internet Programming. It's a fourth-year course. I said, yeah, you know, I'm excited. He goes, yeah. He says, well, um, what about we do this? Why don't you teach the course? I'll give you an automatic 80, plus I'll give you an extra credit. Mm. And I said, are you kidding me? He goes, how can I get up on that classroom, try to teach that course when that's what you've done for six months? Okay. You know this better than I do. And so that was that was a little bit rough because now the, the my friends, now I start, I'm up at the front teaching. It's, mm. you know, they're like, hey, what's going on? It was a little bit of, a, mm. you know, animosity kind of thing. But you know what? It, uh, it, uh, it got teach me, uh, it taught me how to teach, but you know what I mean? It taught me how to set up lesson plans. And basically what I did is the period before I would meet with the professor, I would go through my lesson plans, go through everything. And he would prove everything before I would go up to the classroom. Yes. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Is that because of you? Like you said, uh, that was a little bit rough. Is that because of you and your confidence or the new situation? Or was it because of like, oh, no, yeah, look at Joe? I, I think it was a confidence. I yeah. think it was a little bit of both. I think it was, yeah, look at Joe. And I think it was a confidence. I mean, I was used to sitting at the back and, you know what I mean, and How just paying attention, you know. 50, uh, 60? No. No, you got to think by fourth year commerce, uh, it's a very specialized group. You, you, I think there was maybe 25, okay. 30 people in the class. That's decent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would be nervous if I would have suddenly. Yeah. Teach. The first couple of days were really nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get those butterflies in your stomach. But you learn to teach. That's right. Yes. You learn to teach. You learn to have the patience to answer questions. And what a professor to, to say, you know what, Joe? You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I got to give him credit. He's, yeah, like I said, he's really, and that's what I was going to go back to what I told you about, how he uh, really changed my, uh, re really changed my career and my life there in, uh, okay. in my, uh, in the professional world. Yes. Because he could have just said, no, I know you know this all, but I'm going to teach. Yeah. And then I probably would be falling asleep in the, mm. in the back. Yeah. But then you had the, all the adrenaline pumping. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm That's right. Teach this now. <laughs> and so, um, I, uh, so after I graduated from Lakehead, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've got a passion for the North. I love Thunder Bay. Mm. I mean, in my opinion, born and raised. Yes. In yeah. my opinion, Thunder Bay is the best city in the world. I don't care what anyone says. You know what I mean? This is just where it is at. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love traveling. Mm. I love seeing other places, but at the end of the day, Thunder yes. Bay is the best and it's my home. I respect that. And, uh, and I've, uh, I've, I had the opportunity to move. I had a job offer in Seattle. Oh. 
for a really big tech company. Had another job offer in Calgary mm-hmm. for uh, um, another tech company. Um, and so I... How does that work? How do they find you? Do those companies are on the on the? Sorry to interrupt you, but are those companies on the campus, and they're like, "Oh, who are we going to approach? How do they find you?" Yeah, it's very interesting. They had a really good concept. They became friends with the professors, uh, and then they would ask the professors for the names of the top students. Okay, okay, and then that's how that 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 relationship would start. Mm-hmm. And then the professor would nudge you to say, "Hey, I've got someone in town. Why don't you come meet them?" Okay. Right, and then that's how that would start. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you said no. I said you. no. I said no. I said <laughs> think. I said think. I said no three times, and then I ended up finding a job for a, in a company. A lot of people will remember at uh, my age. They'll remember the the name of the company was uh, Computer Mind. Okay. They uh, they sold computers here in uh, Victoria Avenue, okay. and um, they very smart company. They saw the vision that the computer hardware industry was shrinking, mm. meaning the margins. They weren't making 30, 40 points on a computer anymore. They started to go to 15, 20, mm. um, 10. And because of the big box store started, everybody was selling computers then, right? It was, it was getting mainstream. Okay. So they went on a hunt and they went down to Minneapolis and they said, we need to expand our wings a little bit. And they ended up teaming up with a company by the name of Ipares. And what, uh, sorry, that time it wasn't iPods, it was Dylan New Media was the name of the company. And uh, what they did is uh, they were software developers. Mm. And so they went into the programming game. And so they merged and they formed a new company called iPods. And there was an office here. Okay. And Thunder Bay was responsible for the programming. So I ended up getting a job there. Mm. And uh, my first day I walked in and walked in a room and I had a little desk computer there, keyboard, my telephone. And it was just computer after computer after computer. There was about 20, 25 of us in a room, mm-hmm. all programmers. Yes. And that's all we did. We hammered out code all day. Wow. I don't want to use the term sweatshop, but I think when you say, you kind of understand that's all we did, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, we would go for lunch in Victoria, Victoriaville mall yep. and all the guys together. And we were all, you know, we had a database team. We had, uh, the web team, we had the creative team. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for eight months. Wow. Eight months, six months. That's not too long. No, it wasn't that long at all. And then the dot-com bust came Mm. where a lot of technology companies um, went under. And so we were working, like on the projects that I worked on, I worked on worked on Coca-Cola's website. I worked on Nabisco's website, King and Prince Seafood. I mean, I, you know, the That's list crazy. goes on and on and the, the and uh, all out of Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. And so Thunder Bay was the, the basically the hub that all the work got done. But the salespeople were in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They were in uh, Seattle. They were in uh, Minneapolis. They were all in the big centers, right? Yes. And um, IPAR has loved having us Canadians work on it because they were getting a discount on labor. Mm. because of the dollar difference they were already getting 30 40% cheaper right yeah i just wanted to ask yeah so that's that's where that that marriage kind of happened yeah so after about six, eight months i think i was working so i started uh, i'm trying to think here i i uh, started in i remember i went to italy when i graduated and then i came back and i started i think uh, august september mm. and uh, by april they went uh, belly up wow 
And in that time, I got like three different promotions. I was really moving up in the company. I was loving it. I I was having, it was so much stuff that we could be working on. And, you know, my knowledge was so vast that I could literally work in the data center. I can work, uh, you know, as a programmer. I was a technical lead as a database specialist. So I kind of jumped around in the company. Very versatile. Yeah. And so when they went belly up, um, you know, at that time, my manager, Irene Kozlowski, a wonderful person. Yeah. I mean, Irene's, Irene's, uh, Irene's uh, me and her, we've had a lot of fun over the years with Sensia. And, uh, you know, she was an amazing boss and uh, an amazing partner. Um, so she was my manager at the time. And she managed, uh, there was about uh, 15, 20 of us uh, that we worked under her. And uh, so when we got the notice, I had gone into the office during Easter long weekend Mm. and I was, you know, hammering away and all of a sudden an email came in from the CEO and basically said, grab all your stuff and leave like everyone's done. So I think a couple of days later, I got a call from, uh, from Irene to come into her office and walked in and she says, Hey, um, what are you going to be doing? Mm. And I said, I don't know. I haven't thought that far yet. And in my mind, I thought, you know what, the first thing I'll do is I'll just go back at, you know, one of those job applications or job offers I have, and maybe I will move out of Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, well, do you want to start up a company? I said, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything else. Let's do it. Right there on the spot you said that? Yeah, right there. So uh, that was when Sensei was born. Okay. Wow. And uh, right away, um, you know, Irene's got a really unique last name, Kozlowski. So she was getting phone calls at home from all the previous clients' work that we worked on. Okay. So you got to think these companies, these big companies spent two, three, four hundred thousand $400,000 on these systems. Then now they had no support because the company went belly, uh, the mm-hmm. iPires went belly up. So we automatically inherited some clients. And so that's how we started Sensia. Okay. And so we incorporated in uh, June 2001. Wow. Really quick. Yeah, how come? Like, I'm not as familiar, so allow me this question. Yeah. The the bubble. Why did it go so quick, and what happened? It was. Um, it was. There was way too much money getting thrown at it. I mean, the the companies uh, were throwing. You know, you got to think they're paying, spending two, three hundred thousand dollars for a website, mm. and they weren't getting the ROI on it. And it just became this 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 thing that everyone just kept on doing it, and then all of a sudden, when they finally realized it, it was just like mm. you know. Okay, I see what you mean. I understand. Wow! And then in that office right there, she calls you up, Irene. I I've met her many times. Wonderful lady, and you know she she says to you, "Hey, you want to start up a company?" And you say, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're young and foolish, I guess, right? Mm. Were you married back then already? No. Okay. No, I was uh, single. Wow. Why wouldn't you leave? Like, why wouldn't you say, I'm going to go to Seattle? Just because of Thunder Bay? That's right. My okay. family and friends are here. You know, when I lived in Winnipeg for that year, it really made me realize how important it is to have family and friends around you. Okay. And and, and don't get me wrong. I made a lot. Of, I made a lot of friends in Winnipeg. Um, and uh, I had a lot of family visiting me. I mean... A few of my cousins had a key to my apartment. So when I would come home on Friday, I would open up the door. There was always a surprise. I would see someone's <laughs> luggage or bag in my hallway, and I knew someone was there. And it was, you know, I mean, you can jump in a car and drive seven hours, right? Yeah. But it was different, Michael. Mm. It was different. It was different. It was hard for me because if I need something in Thunder Bay, I know exactly who to call. Yes. To. And when you go, when you, when you have a huge network and you've built these relationships over the years, and then you go over to a new city and... As little as like handing new tires, 
Mm. And you don't even know where to go or who yeah. to talk to. You know, yes. it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's challenging. And maybe that means nothing for other people. But, mm. I mean, I like supporting local. I like uh, dealing with people that I've dealt with in the past. And I know that I get taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can pretty much I think you can only understand it when you've when you've been gone for whatever time. Yeah, that's I think, right. Yeah, I think for me to see where I'm from, from Germany, and then here in Thunder Bay, where everything is so we are so close, and it's so good, and especially in times nowadays, it's it's really it's different. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you put, go on the plane and you go to to Toronto, it's different. The, you say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Nobody talks to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so weird because I'm so used to it now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's fascinating. Really quick, you joined up. You did this. It started. Were you always at the same location, or did no. you move a couple times? So, when we first started Sensia, we all worked out of our homes. Okay. And uh, my parents' basement became the data center. Mm. So I had about, uh, I'm trying to remember now, four or five servers sitting there. Wow. And the basement was never the warmest. It was awesome. It uh, kept it okay. so nice and warm down there. Were you worried, though? Like, was you a backup or anything? No, no, no. no I wasn't worried about any of that. Um, but uh, it, it just became, um, you know, it was, we didn't have the fastest internet. Uh, at you know, I mean, fiber optic wasn't even an option. Yeah. Um, it was right know. next to the wine cellar. It, was <laughs> yeah, it actually was beside the wine cellar. It's kind of funny. <laughs> kind of funny you mentioned that. Um, but uh, we um, we started there for. I think we worked out of our homes for about a year. Mm. I'm trying to remember the timing, a year, year and a half, and then my other mentor that I worked with that made me move away to Winnipeg, Mo Teeter, He called me one day and he says, "Hey, Joe, look, what are you guys doing working out of your house?" And I said, well, well, where are we going to go? And he goes, well, I, I I built a building for people like you. I said, what are you talking about, Mo? He says, the uh, Innovation Center is an incubator for technology companies. Mm-hmm. I got the feds to put in the money, got Tell, and, you know, he listed all, he rambled. The fed, you know, FedNor put in money, the federal government, the provincial government, there was a whole, and they built this incubator. And it's... um sure the address is 1201 Balmoral. It's okay. the three-story glass building. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just before the two churches and uh, the same side as where the police station is. Okay. Bel- coming around that bend. Yes. It's Lakehead University. So Lakehead donated the land and uh, Mo went out and got the money to build a building. And so well, that was invented to be an incubator. So there was a DNA lab in there. Mm. There was um, Skystream um, was invented there uh, or had an office there and uh Trying to remember all the uh, companies that were in there now. Um, Northern Supplier, um, then Fednor was there. Um, IRAP uh, was there. The office, the government office, um, ventures. So basically, you would go there and you would have all the funding partners. You would have, um, you know, the Innovation Center had a bunch of staff that they're still here today, but they would have support staff. So they would help you in accounting and marketing and all that. And it was it was awesome. It was a family. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I could describe it as a okay. family. We'd do barbecues. Wow. We would play bocce ball. You know what I mean? So we started in the basement, a little office. Mm. And um, by the time we left that building, we occupied half the second floor. Wow. So Did I think our team was maybe 13 by the time we left there, 13, mm. 14, somewhere in there. Did it feel good to have your own space? Uh, when we moved there? Yes. Oh, originally? Yeah. It's was a different, it, yeah. Was it a big thing? Working from home, 
um, it, uh, it really took away from my social life and I didn't even realize it. I would literally wake up in the morning in my pajamas, mm. go downstairs and start coding. Mm-hmm. And then five o'clock would be, I would go up and have dinner and then I would go back downstairs again. And then I would do that all over again. Wow. And I did that for an entire year. Right. And so having an office was nice. It was like a nice, fresh mm-hmm. breath where I knew that once I left, I could stop working and enjoy my evening kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so that was a really nice shift to be in the office. And then at the same time, it was nice to have meetings, you're meeting in a professional environment, boardrooms, you know, a yes. nice desk, you know what I mean? Kind yeah, of thing. you're a people's person. You like to engage with people. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was, that was that whole element there. And plus mm-hmm. it was nice to see other people in the building too. So you could say good morning to a few people and, yeah. um, build yeah. connections. Yeah. Build connections, meet a lot of people. Uh, we had access to fiber optics then in that building. Oh, wow. What do you think about EQ? Do you think EQ is more valuable than IQ? The emotional intelligence than uh, raw, uh, like people that are very, very smart. In my opinion, mm. I think you need a balance of both. Okay, I think you need a balance of both. I think they're both equally important. Mm. Um, you could be the smartest guy in the world, and if you can't uh, relate, or you can't explain it, or you can't um, uh, understand the emotion, I think it would be lost yeah what do you think about elon musk how he talks have you heard how he talks no not really no i just know he's a pretty smart guy for sure yeah, yeah. Like and i'm waiting for him to get some low orbiting satellite uh internet because i really need it out at the resort so i need him to kind of hurry yeah. up on that project it's like you should tweet him right Are you, yeah. you on twitter uh yes yeah tweet him it's like hey what's up <laughs> <laughs> i try all the time but he never responds he never me. responds oh. no but it's it's fascinating that canada approved this now too right canada approved his um styling to be uh officially also here in canada yeah yeah we definitely need it in northern ontario i mean um ford uh doug ford today um you know an incredible man a great premier i think he's you doing, met him uh, yes yeah. yeah i think he's doing a great job um a um i, I he tweeted today that um, tomorrow they're going to be making an announcement about uh, high-speed internet and all Ontario businesses, um, you know, should have uh, high-speed and available cellular service. That means a lot. Northern mm-hmm. Ontario, we need that. Yes. That's very important. We need that. There's a lot of businesses that don't have high-speed internet. There's a lot of businesses that are on the highways that don't even have cell service. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, if there's a highway, it should have cell service. Yes. Anything can happen. I'm minus 40 in the middle of February you need to be able to place a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I have satellite phones, but they're very expensive mm-hmm. and not everyone can afford, you know what I mean? Those types of phones and someone being on a highway to get stranded, you need, you need a communication device. I agree. Yeah. yeah. They should have that. They have landlines though, don't they? Oh, it all depends on where they are. Okay. Some don't, some do. Is a landline cable different than an internet cable? I guess it is. Well, You could put internet down on a copper line, but the speeds won't be there and the reliability won't be there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So could you still text? Well, you could... Well, no, you wouldn't be able to text if you don't have cell service. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Because with Apple, like, you have iMessage, right? But you need internet for that. That's with, yes. So because you said the copper cable would have, like... It would be, like, very, very basic. 
Well, yeah, it depends on what type of internet services are out there, yeah. Okay. But if you get to think, if you're in a remote area in the middle of nowhere, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no copper. There's no power. There's no nothing. There's no lights. <laughs> <laughs> Satellite phone it is. I understand. Okay. So you you moved through this building. It was absolutely fascinating. And then... In- yeah, so I don't remember what year. I mean, I don't know, 2008 is coming to mind. So maybe it was in 2008 that... Uh, Lakehead fully took over the building. There was a little bit of a squaggle between Lakehead and the city. Mm. Um, the city wanted to charge taxes on the building. Mm-hmm. And because it was an incubator and they were charging not charging a lot of rent, um, they, the city wouldn't allow them on free taxes. So Lakehead basically swallowed up the building, put it under their name. Mm-hmm. And now they don't have, they didn't have to pay any taxes, right? So, okay. so that with that, we got a letter of uh, eviction and mm. we had to go find a new home. Merry Christmas. Yeah, so we were on the hunt. There was two buildings that we could move into, three, three buildings that we could move into that had uh, fiber optics. Um, the Spence Clinic on Arthur Street, yeah, right beside that big internet tower that's there. Mm-hmm. The Bell Building on Balmoral, mm-hmm. that, uh, what do you call it, the half moon shape uh, building. They used to call it the Bell Building. I don't know what they actually call it nowadays. You know which building I'm talking no, about? that one I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a half moon, mm. and uh, it's literally just before, right after, it's right along the river okay. on Balmoral. Okay. Uh, okay? Yes. Now that, I'm, now that I've described it, the next time you'll, uh, you'll see it. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah, the, the, there's this, um, the NMBA is in there, the, the one where you have MPAC. to. MPAC, yeah. I believe, is in there. Yeah. There's a law firm. Yeah, the one where you, they assess your house and your values. That's right. Yeah. They, they are in there. Yep, they're yeah, in there. MPAC, yeah. Um, and then the third building was the building that we're in. And uh, the reason why we had fiber optics in our buildings, that used to be the TransCanada Control Center. Ooh. It's TransCanada Pipeline Control Center. Wow. Yeah. So we end up, uh, we were there on the third floor. Yeah. Crazy. We got a nice big data center there and uh, great offices, nice big wooden doors. Mm. I, I actually uh, I actually really like it. It's a mm. nice look. They were there before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So TransCanada spared no money. They <laughs> when they built those offices, like, it was very good. So it's we were very too. Yeah, we were very lucky. It is. Yeah. I find wood is timeless. It's so yeah. timeless. Yeah. You go you go I seen it, it's you go in there and it's just like this could have been built yesterday. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Yeah. And I love big doors. Mm. What Same you, with me. What do you feel when you go through a big door? I feel empowered. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, going through a big door. I don't know. I don't really think about it, but let me see. Yeah, I think empowered. I think. Uh, I think I feel happy. Mm. I feel happy to be walking in a big room, right? Yeah. Big door, big room, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's exciting. It's like you you don't know, but it's this gigantic door, and you open it up. Like yeah. I'm blowing it up. And then you open it up, and it's just like it moves actually, yeah. and you can go through. Yeah. It's perspective, yeah. fascinating. So um, Vince, uh, I hit him up today. Vince Mirabelli, right? Okay. He said um, one of the most uh, one of the most. Vince is a good guy. He's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> We talk almost every day. It's good. Yeah. Do you know his favorite chips flavor? Uh I think he's got more than one, no? Yes, two. You're he's right. He's got two? Yeah, that's, that's good enough. I'm, I'm so, how the heck do you know that? Oh, we talked about it today. Oh, About okay. the chips. Yeah. Salt and vinegar? All Very dressed. so good. Yeah, All balsamic dressed. vinegar yeah. Uh, and salt, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that one is like his absolute favorite. Yeah. And then next in line is the uh, pepper. But everything kettle, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All those kettle ones, they've, mm. they brought chips to a whole new level. Yes. 
Yeah. They changed the game. That's right. Yeah. So he told me the one of the most asked questions about you when mm -hmm. somebody approaches him about you is what does he actually do? Essentially. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think it's fascinating because technology seems like always um it's developing all the time. It's changing constantly. And then also it's not I wouldn't say it's mainstream. Like it's not. People who work in it and they They know how it works. They know the magic. That's like a different language. Just like you said earlier, where you would throw language at somebody and they were like, oh, it flew over the head. And like system administrator, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but you do so much more. Yeah. So it's fascinating to see where people, they say, wait, what, were you, what do you actually do? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because I, I don't think my parents even know what I do still. Mm. What do you say to them? Uh, well, my dad says he works in computers. Okay. My mom, my mom, now that she's on Facebook, I think she understands a little bit more, you know what I mean, of, you know, the web design, because she'll see what we post and, you know, we'll go and check out the websites that we've done mm. and uh, some of the uh, custom applications that we've built and the learning management systems that we've got. And so, but a lot of people are right. They just, you know, I think he fixes computers. Mm. Right. So generalized. Yeah. Is that okay for you? I'm okay with anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, people know that at least they know that we're in technology, mm -hmm. and that's where the, the the start is. And then I actually love the question. You know, we actually don't know what Sensia does, mm. and I, you know, I always love explaining it and going through the story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost like a hidden knowledge, open, wide open, accessible. Because it's just like, it's right there and we use it. Everybody uses it every day, mm -hmm. but we don't know it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's crazy. Do you, do you drive by recognition or do you have like, you don't need it and you, you're good with just when things work and they fall together and you have ideas and your team comes up with a solution, this is what is good for you? If I understood your question, am I driven by recognition? Yes. For mm. example, you you got the award for uh, with Sensia, you got an award, right? Yeah. And this, this is like this podcast. Let, let, let me break this down. So this podcast, I do this podcast because I love this podcast because I love talking to people, and that's it. That I'm not doing it to say, oh, one day I'm going to be in Los Angeles and I do have this big studio. So obviously, do you understand what I mean? I do. So I, I'm not driven by recognition. I'm not driven by money. Mm. Um, I'm, I've got a passion inside that I love, just like what you just said. I love talking to people. I love learning about their life, learning learning about their experiences. I uh, enjoy solving problems. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy listening to other business owners and their ideas and taking their ideas and turning it into software or take, taking their concepts and making it happen for them. Uh, I love seeing my clients succeed. Yes. Um, then, you know, bring in some good business from their website. Uh, I love working with the team. Um, you know, our, our biggest, uh, our, um, you know, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I mean, we've got, in my opinion, we've got the best web development team in North, Northwestern Ontario. Beautiful. Um, I love waking up every day, going to work and, and working with my team. Um, I've got, a, I've got excellent, excellent staff. Mm. 
and uh, and with the ideas that come out. So the passion, I think, is the solutions that we provide and uh, working together. And uh, it 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 brings such such a joy to my heart to be able to put four people in a room, bring present them with a problem. And by the time we leave, we've got an idea of how we're going to solve it, execute it, and build it. Yes. Is that easy for you? Because you said you had a lot of ideas all the time and you see things, many things that other people don't see. Um, do you sometimes have an idea already and you just give it to the team and say, hey, what's the team coming up with? Or do you always know? No. It, the, the technology is so changed nowadays that a lot of times we're the teams come back with the solutions. Um, you know, anyone knows they never can, they can't walk into my office with a problem. Mm. If you've got a problem, you got to come in and, you know, let's have five different solutions and let's figure out which one works the best kind of thing. So yeah. when it comes to, uh, the programming and stuff, my, my team is, uh, is, uh, I haven't touched in so long. So I'm out of, uh, when it comes to the nitty gritty, um, the, 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 all the languages and elements, I'm, I haven't touched it in so long. So it's, uh, I, I really rely on my uh, on my team to, to to handle that. Yes, yeah. that's good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If that trust and they deliver, yeah. it's beautiful. Absolutely. I always I always uh, say to them, if I can think it, they can build it. Mm. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Do you sometimes have people that come up with an idea that you didn't think about? Like oh, all the time, all the time, all right? the time. When I take a look at what, um, so we've got a we've got a custom uh, custom content management management system and uh when i take a look at the versions that we're at right now mm. in the um in the interface um, it still brings shivers to me because i mean my team has taken it to a completely different level that i would have never ever thought that we would have brought it to yeah carrie said carrie billingquit i talked yep. to her today she said you you are hey i can read it to you because actually it, I, i think it's better if i read it to you because it resonates with what you just said She loves you, and you are very strong and super smart and people smart, you know? And uh, also, she loves you, Meat Slicer. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. I love her, too. She's an amazing human. Uh, you, she, you have the most amazing Meat Slicer she's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> A famous Meat Slicer. Yeah, and you know, it's just the way you you just answer this question where... Um, she said that you you're very humble you know she says here Joe is that behind the scenes guy who doesn't need the limelight he supports quietly and strongly and I, I think that's very a very important skill and so valuable mm. yeah, thank you it's absolutely because you know you this is where the team comes in and you know you care for that team mm -hmm. it's absolutely fascinating Yeah, thank you. Those are very kind words. Mm. So you make some impressive soprasata? Uh yeah. 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 Mm. I love it. And I, if I knew I would have brought you some. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing also yeah. your change of uh beers has changed now. You have been become an, a very knowledgeable um craft brew drinker. Oh, about beers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely was an amateur before I met Carrie in, uh, in the beer drinking, and uh, she's uh, opened up my uh, palate and, uh, and uh, let's say, um, options on, you know, and uh, really good uh, craft beers. Mm. Was that easy? Because obviously you like wine a lot too, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, 
uh, our taste buds change, right? So I, I actually didn't like wine until I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. You tried and, it? Uh, sorry? You tried it, obviously, many oh, times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Growing up in an Italian home, I mean, there was a bottle of wine and a glass of wine always around. And, mm. uh, you know, up until, like I said, up until my 30s, any time before that, I would take a sip and I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. And then, you know, your taste buds change, right? And it's just, it's, you know, yes. they, they start to mature. And, uh, you know, I started getting, I started liking wine. And uh, I moved away from, you know, just drinking rum to like scotches. And, you know, mm. your taste buds start to mature, right? And you start to open up. And I, and I, and I strongly believe that's you know, the same thing with the craft beers. And, you know, you get the stronger and the more hoppy ones, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And you start to acquire those uh, t- tastes and then you can start pulling out all those little flavors in, mm. in, in them, right? Yeah. Do you like hot food? Sorry? Hot food? Do you spicy, like? yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Why didn't you go to that um, spicy wing thing they had at Sleeping Giant and you were on the stage there with Terry Turnaround? You know, would, if they would put on another event like this, would you go? I think it was like some kind of fundraiser and they eat, they ate spicy wings. Oh, well, if it's a fundraiser, for sure. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to put myself through torture for uh, for, for not being, uh, for not a good reason, let's say, right? <laughs> um, Vince wants to know, um, Johnny DeBaker wants to know what does Sensha actually do? <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. We already pretty much talked about it, but I thought I'd uh, let you know the yeah. question. Well, that's coming from uh, that's coming from a jab that uh, Johnny DeBaker had done at Vince's uh, roast. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You like those roasts? It's those I think they're awesome. Okay. Yeah, I think they're awesome. I think it's a great, uh, great way to uh, poke fun, mm. have fun. And raise money for a good cause. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I watched uh, I watched the one that we did for Vince. Uh, I think last month. I think uh, about a month, six weeks ago, they uh, put it on YouTube. And uh, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. The Vince's roast was uh, phenomenal. You know, and and Vince, Vince, uh, you know, Vince is a special person. Hey, eh? like he's he's a he's a really really amazing human, and he's interesting. And uh, he he made that that event so fun for all of us mm. all of us roasters and he went over and above and beyond to raise money for that charity and to take care of all of his friends that were roasting and you know to the point that you know he had a hotel room booked for us he had gotten us nice tuxedos he had gotten us you know he had ordered pizza and he had uh, um you know champagne in the room and it was just everything was like it was it was such a i have such great memories of that day and it was a full day it was like literally i think I believe we started at noon we got there at the hotel and wow. just kind of just you know uh, um talking about the night and kind of sh- bouncing off a few things until you know that evening and then that whole evening we just had a blast on stage and then after it was it was a it was an incredible time mm. and then and then our friend Dave Thomas got uh got roasted as well and and it was it was like all over again you know what i mean and dave's a really great guy and uh yeah, yeah i'm really happy you mentioned carrie i mean she's, uh, she's awesome and hey dave sent in one question he did he said um do something like this i asked dave thomas in your opinion what's joe really good at and dave says climbing light posts in vegas <laughs> yeah so that's a good one yeah. Yeah, it, was a, it was a blast from the past yes Oh. You guys go all down there together? Yeah, we um, we ended up. Uh, I don't remember what year, but we uh, we organized a friends trip, and we all went down there, and it was just a great time. It was my first, it was 
my first time in Vegas. Mm, I've never been. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been there now three, three times, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three times, and that was my first time, and it was uh, it was I was amazed at that's the lights and uh, the um, how should I call it the vibe and mm. and the uh, it just seems that it, it was never going to sleep. It was like any time of the day, it seemed like it was always daytime, even though it was like three in the morning, and it still felt like it was all alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like but different than New York City, right? I've never been to New York. Okay, I've been to Chicago. Yeah, different than Chicago. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been downtown Chicago, but this is, yeah, Vegas is. It's another world. Yeah, Vegas is another world. But you know, I'll tell you one thing. Mm. Where I like, just as maybe even better than Vegas, Nashville. Oh. So I uh, I love I love music. Okay. Um, I uh, I used to play drums. I don't do it anymore. But I I love I love music in Nashville. You know, door to door, bar to bar. They've got another live band playing, and uh, what a what a great time I had in Nashville. Mm. And just being able to go starting at noon, and just you know, you get to listen to this type of music, and then literally you go onto the sidewalk and you do two steps, and you walk into another bar, and it's a completely other different music that's playing. Oh. Yeah, it's a really, really neat. If you're into music, it definitely uh, I recommend uh, visiting Nashville. Isn't that when Megan is right now? That's right, yeah. Megan Nadine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She just released her album there. Yeah, yeah. She's an amazing person as yes. well, and we got to we we uh, we actually went down when we went down to Nashville with Megan's parents. Okay, and uh, we had dinner with her, and we got to we got to uh, spend some time with Megan, and we uh, did a little bit of bar hopping with her. And, ah. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. We had her on at Ask by the Giant. We met her just before she moved. She like she we had we had her on two weeks before she left. So it was like really we could just caught her in time, and such a fascinating character. Mm -hmm. So much going and on. her voice is amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, her music means a lot too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so good to see that she does know what she does. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I love when I see someone following their dream. Yes. Yeah, what do you think about the world? It's, this is like, uh, maybe it's too much, but like, I've been talking to people and sometimes we talk and then they say, you know, the world, the people should do what they love in the world, making money that way. And sometimes like, it's not possible for everybody, but sometimes it's possible. So what would you say for, to somebody who wants, who has a dream And try to get there. What is like important for guidance? The willpower. Oh, if I had to give some advice, is uh, don't worry about the money. Um, you know, uh, work hard. Um, enjoy, celebrate the the achievements. Yes. Never, never take your eye off that goal. Mm. So, like I see myself not defying myself by su by success because like like through recognition I do appreciate feedback where you say hey you did a good job but I wouldn't say oh I did a good job so I always do a good job or I it's almost like I find that like it would blind you where it could get to your head mm -hmm. I think But that, if you wake up every day and say, I want to do better, mm. 
then that's a different story, right? Is that you pushing those thousand pounds? <laughs> now, that was an interesting morning for my birthday. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of weight. Wow, how did you do it? I have no idea. It's funny. I, 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 uh, you know, I, I, uh, Jack, uh, Jack runs, uh, the gym unleashed mm. and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's an incredible character as well. I mean, awesome person, really good motivation. And, uh, um, you know, we, I love talking to him about politics too. So my first five minutes before my workout, we're always going back and forth what's going on <laughs> kind of thing. And, uh, every day I was seeing him post about this, uh, the prowler and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm at one of the stations and I'm watching him add on weight and uh, I hear him talking to the people how, you know, you, you build up to, to, to push that thousand, but you couldn't start at a thousand. Uh, that makes any sense. Yes. I hear you. I don't know exactly what I started. I think it was like maybe two, three hundred pounds. I don't even know what, what, where he started me at, but yeah. And it was just like 10 rounds and every what? round he was adding on a hundred or 200 pounds. And, wow. you know, and it got to the point that, um, I don't know if I could push anymore, but my my runners were coming off. <laughs> they were literally like the track. Like you don't realize when you're pushing like that, you, your feet slip right out of your runners, kind of thing. Wow. So um, yeah, that was a it was an incredible nice morning. It was a really good achievement. It was the first time yeah. I've ever done it. I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna wait though. I'm gonna mm. gonna, gonna maybe build up a little bit more. Uh, That's power. empowering. Yeah. If you think about it, that's like a car, right? It's pretty much just like a little car. Like, yeah. Like a mm. little European car. You just push it around. Well, the European cars, you can put them in your pocket. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Says the guy with the big diesel truck. Yeah. <laughs> we we always know when you where you are. Yeah, you know, diesels are really big in Europe, though. Mm-hmm. And maybe not anymore as much. I haven't been back as much, so. But well, I, the diesel engine's gone through a lot of changes too. It's 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 uh, they've gotten them a lot more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they've got an incredible amount of power. Yes. And they burn a lot less than gas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before you, diesel used to be a lot cheaper than gas. And now, you know, it, it's again, it goes back to demand, right? So mm. there's less diesel, diesel vehicles. So, the, you know, the price of diesel has gone up. Yeah, they did that in Germany too. Like diesel was always cheap. Everybody bought diesels. Well, you're a Volkswagen, aren't you? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. What, what do you What do you drive? Don't yeah, you have a BMW? Volkswagen, yeah. yeah, but Volkswagen has an excellent diesel engine. Yeah, but I, did, I didn't want to take the chance, like with mm. the with the winter, you know. And then they were always more expensive. Very, yeah. And, and they last long, sure, but like we call it, they nailing. We like the engine nails because like you. They do, they've become better, just like you said. But the, when I was around looking at cars, they were still the type of engines where, and it's just like it's like oh no, okay, I don't need that. But I I recognize the the possibilities with the engine for sure. Yeah, like when you're pulling twelve thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. You do that every day? No. Okay. Two or three times a year. I believe that. Yeah. What are you pulling? Uh, bulldozer. Oh, what are you bulldozing? Oh, it's uh, we've got a machine out at the resort. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You like driving a bulldozer? That must be feeling empowering no. too. No, I don't. I don't drive the bulldozer. I just bring it up the highway. I bring it back and forth. It makes usually one or two <laughs> trips a year. Comes back into town, gets fixed, brings it back. I bring it out back out there. Why don't you drive it? Um, I'm afraid. Uh. 
You one wrong move, you can do a lot of damage. Mm. What do you think about fear? Is fear good or is fear not good? I think fear can drive you. Um, I think uh, fear can be used as a motivation Mm. to overcome. Um, You know, I you know I think of fear of for me. um, I'm scared of heights. And, uh, and I think, uh, and I'm, I'm usually, I try to do, I, even though I know I'm afraid of heights, I, I try to jump on that ladder just to overcome that. So a little by little, you get a little bit more comfortable. Yes. You know, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think about fear much. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. You sleep a lot? Do I sleep a lot? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I sleep. I don't know, six to eight hours a night, I guess. That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Because some people have like a really like Vince that never sleeps till two, three o'clock, right? Yeah. Vince, uh, Vince, I know he's got a, he's, uh, he's has a hard time sleeping. Mm. Yeah. So does, does your phone go into like standby mode? Or it, no, in, not really. Yours, you can't really do that. No. no. So my phone's always at my bed stand. Mm. Um, you can probably get a hold of me 24-7. Yes, because you have to. Um, and I've got it set up that if there's something going on, it'll uh, it'll it'll start vibrating, so mm. I kind of have at least a nudge to get up. Yeah, and in your case, it's totally understandable. Yeah. I get it. I usually ask those questions because it's interesting to see where who does turn it off or has it in standby, and, you know. And sleep-wise... It's also interesting to see. Do you meditate at all? Do you um, I do, but I don't think I do it officially or properly. Uh, that I, makes any sense. I don't think there's a proper way to do it. Yeah. I think anything that really works for you. Yeah, so my meditation right now consists of uh, when I'm at the office, um, I'll, I'll get up from my desk and I will, uh, there's a certain area in my office that I stand and I look out the window mm. and, um, I just, I clear my mind. I start thinking about nothing. I start thinking about if I see somebody walking, what that person does or where they're going. And, uh, you know, usually I catch myself within five minutes later and then I get back to work and I'm mm. going to go. That's a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Getting a couch in your office might be even a better way and go lay down for a few minutes, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 They are like, is that how you handle stress too? Yeah. Stress, I don't know. There's, um, I feel, you know, I feel like as time goes on, we learn how to deal with it better. Yes. And, uh, you know, the one goal that I've got, like personally in the, over the next few years that I want to handle is I want to be able to handle um, stress and emotion and to control it mm-hmm. and to be able to take a deep breath and to be like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it'll be fine. Cause at the end of the day, anything can be solved. Right. I yes. mean, most things can be solved. There's, I mean, certain health things that can't be solved, but you know, uh, you get into an accident, uh, you know, you break something, something can always be fixed, right? Like something like that. So yes. it's not worth the stress. No. Okay. Yes. I think I'm the same way. I see where... That's a discipline, right? 
That's a discipline to be able to control your emotions and control stress. Yeah, I tell myself always to do the opposite now. If I have a feeling, I see Albus and he does something in, in the household or he slams the toilet or like I think maybe it's going to break off the wall. That's how he slams it. And I'm just like, oh man, I got to call the plumber. But like I tell myself the opposite reaction in those moments because then I get through that moment and then I feel better. But it's it's very hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's it's like, it's almost impossible. But it's it's... it's helps me to tell me also that like you get through it and then the the world looks differently i also feel like it's climbing a mountain so once you've climbed a mountain this high right so if the, once you've gone through that type of stress in your life mm -hmm. or that type of fear whatever yes. word, i feel then you can go a little bit higher next time yes right? you and get stronger and you get stronger yeah and um You know, I am a strong believer that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Good. And uh, and that, uh, you know, uh, it's, you, you become, you, yeah, you just become stronger. This is just the way life experience, right? And that's why I say the older you get, you, you manage to improve and, mm -hmm. and go through those hard times, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had Albus, he had uh, last Actually, almost a year ago now, he had his appendix exploded. And, you know, we this was like the whole episode of a week where he suddenly had a fever and belly pain. And then we, we bring him in to the hospital and then they have to do this. Um, they put him in that donut machine where you can see inside all the layers. I don't know the proper term of that machine. MRI? I think it is, yeah. Okay. And then they can actually tell because with the ultrasound, you can't really know. And then they tell us, yeah, this is what's happening. And as a parent, you, like, we together with Lisa, we we grew in that. Yes, it was terrible. And it's like, I don't wish that anybody. But as a couple, as partners, as a family, I 100% agree. If you get through it and things are okay, you, you are stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because nobody can take that, like, This is your. This is you. Your experience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, we're coming to Michael Needs now. Okay. Okay. So um, he says, "Ask him about the pool in Vegas," <laughs> which is the same incident that Dave Thomas had brought up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. A, it must have been a good moment. Yeah, it was a good moment. He sent some pictures too. Uh oh. Yeah. So uh, let's start with this one. This one is obviously somewhere else, but I really, really like your dress. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Oktoberfest. Yeah, well, those later hosen looking good on you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I have a pair too. Where did you get yours? Um, I think I found them on, I think there was a website mm. that specialized in them because these are authentic. Yes. This is the real thing. This yeah. is the real deal. That's the real deal. Yeah. This definitely looks like it. Did you know Lederhosen grow with you? If, when you have a kid, like if you buy a Lederhosen, within reason, but if you have a kid that's five years old and you buy them a pair of Lederhosen, three, four, five years, six later, it still fits. Yeah, it's good. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. I really want to go to Oktoberfest in Germany. Yeah, you should go. Yeah, well, um, to between, uh, honest with you, we were supposed to be in there this November. Um, a friend of mine, uh, a good friend of mine, has um, um, has access to 
um, and has been many times. So he's got a lot of connections there. Mm. And we had planned to go this November. Oh boy! Um, but then, obviously, when COVID hit, uh, all of that's been uh, put on hold. Yes. So I'm really hoping that uh, I'm really hoping that by next year, mm. this world's opened up again, and let's uh, let's get back to normal. Yes. Why do you want to go to Oktoberfest? What does it stand for? I want to experience it. Okay. I want to experience, um, you know, the Europeans have a, a way better way of living. Um, they work hard, but they know how to enjoy themselves and uh, strong family values as well. And I, I really, I, I, I just, you know, you see the photos, you see the uh, the festivals, and, mm. you know, I just want to be, I want to experience it. The atmosphere in the, in the beer house or in the beer fest, in the tent? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See that uh, the bull on the spear, on the spear, just rolling around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a. I went once with my dad. No way, that's yeah, awesome. Once, and uh, we we drove down. And if you go to Munich, make sure you stop by Nuremberg. It's a city about an hour away, and they have still the ancient wall from the Middle Age around downtown core. Oh, neat! Yeah, it's still standing. Wow! So it's like just to show you how well it was engineered, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's. I guess so. They knew what they were doing, maybe, or they had pretty good enemies. <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, it's like that you can see it, and then you can put time in perspective. Think about how many people it took to build it. Oh my god! Do you think about time? Like you work, are you working out now a lot? Is that like a recent shift, or is it? Have you always? No, I've always tried. I mean, my biggest two faults in life is I, I love food and I love drinking, right? So it's uh, it's a battle of you know you kind of yes you need to work out to maintain that type of lifestyle. Yeah, but there's people who get a hundred years or hundred five, and they like they eat salami and wine every day. Yeah, I don't think I'll be lucky like that. But um, you said, do I think about time? Absolutely, and the best uh, the best time. Um, uh, how should I say it? Uh, the best way to look, or the the God, I can't even remember to see how I can describe this. When I look at my kids, mm. it shows me time. Yes, and um, you know when I remember my son, uh, about this big, and he literally his head would be in my palm and his feet would be just touching my uh, arm, and now I see him six foot four. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we wrestle and he can take me and, uh, we're talking about, you know, these are adult conversations that we're talking, we're talking about women, we're talking about vehicles, we're talking about work, we're talking about careers, Yeah, you know, and I look at him and, and, uh, and, and I'm like, where did the time go? Mm. You know, and the same thing with my daughter when, you know, my, my, um, And there, you know, we were talking about this on the way, and how they're so different personalities. My, yes, my daughter, I can see there's a lot of a lot of her, like uh, you know, and in, in, in a lot of me and her, and um, you know, and I just see her on that, you know, she's a she's she's into competitive dance, mm. and when I'm sitting in the audience and I'm seeing her on stage, I'm like, where did the time go? Yes, you know, where did the time go? I still remember when she was born. I still remember bringing her home for the first time. You know what I mean? And uh, Yeah, actually, you know, and I was for, I was very fortunate. I was I was in the delivery room for both kids. Perfect. Um, you know, my uh, my lovely wife Elena, um, she delivered, and uh, we uh, 
Um, the doctor didn't make it the first time. So Dominic, it was me and the nurse side by side in a little stool. We're sharing a stool and we're kind of, you know, I'm ready to catch Dominic coming out kind of thing. And uh, I got what? to cut the umbilical cord and uh, that's an experience. I mean, yes. anyone that's thinking about becoming a dad um, or a parent, I mean, it's it's an incredible, uh, incredible thing. And uh, and I didn't know, I didn't have a book, um, but you just learn and you do it. So true. Yeah, and then uh, same with my uh, my with my daughter. I, it was a me and the midwife that we delivered, and uh, it was a great experience. And uh, you delivered the baby. Me and the midwife. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And uh, and with Dominic as well. The Dominic, the doctor didn't come, so okay. it was it was me and the nurse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was a little bit nervous the first one. Second one, I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I already climbed this mountain. <laughs> wow, yeah, I would have been nervous. Yeah, the first one was very, like, I, I was yelling. I remember yelling, and I was like, listen, get the doctor here right mm. now. Yes. I'm like, I don't care. I'll send one of my family members to go get him at his house, and he didn't make it. Mm. He just didn't make it. He had left, and uh, and he didn't make He made it about half an hour after. Wow. Yeah. I remember the difference between the first one and the second one. Like, I was there too. And the second time, it's already more like, yeah, uh, this is okay. Like, mm, I, th at least you know what's going to happen. That's right. Yes. Fascinating. So, do you see yourself in your kids? Yes. Both of them. Yeah. yeah and I see my wife in both of my kids as well. Beautiful. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I talked about that with Lisa yesterday. That like in my memory of my dad, like he was a very busy busy businessman, and I respect that, and I know why he did it because for family, and he probably was there a lot of times, and I just like my memory is just blank, but I feel like sometimes I'm sitting with Albus or with Casper now, and the way I behave, I feel like I'm resembling my dad I like there's this moment this one second where I shift and I I say something or I do something, and it's just like my dad would do. It's built in our DNA, right? It must be. It has to, you know, it is. Mm. Do you have that too? Oh, yeah. Okay. All the time. Okay. It's just like, it's. I don't know, it's just overcomes. Yeah. And it's just like, it is when you think back and you say, why didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, this. my dad would do the same thing, and she, he does still. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating. So, you want to even know what's more fascinating when no. you go to Italy and you spend some time with your grandfather one on one, and then you see some of the habits that he has and why you've got your habits. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Ah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean, or he, he's peeling an apple a certain way, and I'm like, that's exactly how I peel it. That's crazy. No one taught us how to do it. We just do it that way, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in for a second. I have um, a couple more pictures here. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, you are here. Uh, you have Dave Thomas and on a, on a BlackBerry. I don't know exactly what's going on, but it is a bottle of Jägermeister. Yeah, Jäger. I think it's just like you show him how to use the internet, maybe. Yeah, we are at salt and pepper in the kitchen there. I can see the menus on the on the. Ah. I wonder if we were watching a video or taking a photo. Yeah, I was probably taking a photo. You know what? No, I was taking a photo of the shot glass and the Jägermeister bottle, <laughs> empty Jägermeister. <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Yeah. 
A lot of fun times there. Jaeger's good. Yeah. I drink it mostly after I had a meal where I know. Oh, it's a good digestive. Yes, it is. Yes. Where's this one from? It's you and Michael Neitz dressed pretty sharply there. Is that when you got the award? For us to be formal like that, uh, yeah, it would have to be one of the Chamber Awards or mm-hmm. Shift uh, Nova Awards, one of those two. Yeah, you did a lot of work for Shift, eh? Yeah. 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 We, uh, Sensia, Sensia um, helped uh, build that organization. It was called YPN originally. Yes. Uh, I believe in 2006. So a couple of my staff and um, a few other people from the community spun it up, ah. uh, Young Professionals Network. Yeah. And then uh, I think it went dormant for a little while, and then um, a few people picked it up again, and then they renamed it to Shift, and, mm-hmm. and it's still going. Yes. It's nice. I think they got a, I think they got a talks today or yesterday, or I got an email about it, and they got a, the yeah. Shift Talks uh, event, so which is nice that they're carrying forward. And I think that's supposedly how uh, I might be, I might be mistaken, but I know Vince met... I think Vince met Dave there. They were making shrimp or something. I might be mistaken. Yeah, I don't know how they've met. Mm. Yeah. Is this is this a famous pool? <laughs> I don't know. Michael just sent that to me, so you'd probably recognize the background. I think he photoshopped. My face on so I don't know I don't even know if that's me or not but anyways, let me see here oh yeah that's the pool that's definitely the pool yeah <laughs> oh mash you Gosh. know when you want to have pictures Michael always sends you pictures yeah for sure he's good that way it's crazy mm-hmm. it's like nobody else has pictures I tried and they were like no we got no we got nothing ah. <laughs> <sighs> It's funny how fast time flies, though. I'm trying to even remember the year that we went to Vegas. I'm going to say 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. Mm. You all went together just like that, or was it like... Yeah, there was uh, there was four was four couples, four of us. Yeah, it was eight ah. of us, I think, total. Good. Let's see. Um, let's see. Um, Britney Spears? No. Um, Michael Jackson... Um, it was a tribute to Michael Jackson, so it was a holograph. Beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. Yes. Yeah, it was a good artist, you know. I loved the music. Really good music. Yeah, even his dance moves, eh, when you think about it, man. It was mm. pretty, uh, he definitely, uh, he definitely changed the uh, pop industry, eh? Yeah. Do you like to dance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I enjoy dancing. Did you Usually do- after a couple of glasses of vino, right? Yeah. Did you do a uh, traditional dance? No, no, I never ever formally. Uh, actually, the only formal I did a little bit of ballroom dancing mm-hmm. before I got married, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, my my parents did it too. They went to a dance school and then they were like, they graduated from there. I've never done that. I just I just move the way I want to. Mm, that's the best way. I love music. Yeah, music is so powerful. It is. I listen to music every day, and during my work day, it uh, definitely makes my day better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Where do you think, um, I think that's all I had from your friends. Jeez, and I was worried I thought you were going to hit me up with some heavy stuff. No. <laughs> Where do you think technology is going and how do you, how do you prepare yourself to, to stay ahead? 
Well, the way I see it is um, computing is going back to centralized. So there'll be less emphasis of what happens on the devices themselves. Okay. And uh, it's more, you know, they call it the cloud. I mean, it's uh, it's just another term for what's happening on the internet. Mm. I mean, uh, all these servers that are out there, they're becoming more powerful and um, and the uh, and processing. And so the devices that connect to it are getting dumber. Let's say, right? So they're they're so we're actually going in a reverse because back in the day when we used to have central computing processing was you had these terminals that literally they were just a monitor and a keyboard. You had a supercomputer in the background mm. that did all the processing. We're actually, that's where we're—that's where we've added, and and that's where we'll be going. Mm. Are you so you literally will have a device that just displays web pages. Yes, and it in the way it becomes more portable. Oh yeah, way more portable, and way more you can support it. Think about it: when the devices are dumbed down, there's nothing that can go wrong on them. Yeah, you just need a screen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You think that's Everything what's going to happen? Oh yeah, yeah. You can see that. You can see that. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. Do you are you afraid of like what happens to the servers and all the information if something would happen? Of course, there's risk in that. Look what's happening now with identity theft. You know, um, in my opinion, you've got a a company like Facebook that controls. A lot of people's information. It's true. They they have Facebook, they have Instagram, they have WhatsApp. Yeah. You can think about how much communication they're reading. Mm. They have access to. Yes. It's, that's and then you put that on together with what Google does. And between those two companies, they can control a lot of what's happening in the social media world. Yeah. And what you're viewing and what your kids are seeing, mm. what they're seeing on their on their feeds, right? Yeah. Are you concerned? Of course. Okay. Of course. You mean to tell me that you haven't talked about something and then all of a sudden you opened up your social media and you don't see that same thing that you've talked about on your newsfeed? It happens. Exactly. That doesn't happen by accident. Mm. Do you use smart speakers at all or anything like that? Uh, no. Okay. Smart speakers? Yeah, like um, like Apple has a speaker and you talk no, to it and no. they listen. Or I've got a central sound system through my host, but it's not a smart one. It's, yeah. it's, it's controlled via an app. Mm. So do you think they would listen and then they put it there? I think there's an element of listening. Um, it's interesting. I've got a, a, because I got a BlackBerry, there's a program that runs on my device steady that watches all my apps and that uh. if it, it accesses, so let's say hypothetically, WhatsApp accesses my microphone mm. it will alert me or oh. instagram access my microphone it will alert me when it does okay yeah and then you have the ability to block it or whatever so i, mm. I, I you know yeah how do you think about that with your kids do you do you talk about it like social media in general I think yeah i do i mean i try to talk to my son more um you know he follows some pretty funny people out there i mean the one that i know he follows is those canadians called nelk Okay, and uh, you know they they were just with Donald Trump on Air Force One, and and so some of the crazy things, and I just you know you try to bring it down to say, listen, that's not normal, right? You're not mm. supposed to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Abba says now he wants an iPad, and I said no. <laughs> he's like six, so I'm I don't think he's there just yet. 
Yeah. Vincent. I think Vince has that? Yeah, we have little Joe and Big Joe on the show now. I was just I just looked over and I saw my cousin Giuseppe there. Yes. That's awesome. I miss him. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. He's doing good. I know. He works up in the mine, eh? Yeah. He's an incredible chef. Mm. Yeah, you you me and him when we get together we have a lot of fun. I believe that. Yeah, in the summer we spent uh an afternoon at Bar Italia and we uh, mm. had a really good time. A lot of pizza. Yes. Uh, that buffalo buffalo cheese on there? This like the special mozzarella, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't have any buffalo mozzarella on ours, but I can't remember which one we had that summer. Then we got the Laura. Mm. Yeah, so Laura Totso owns Bar Italia, and uh, she's done a great job with it. Yes, yeah. yes. Took it over from her dad. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What's so special about the the buffalo mozzarella? Uh, I I don't know specifically, but I'm gonna guess the way it's made. Mm. Okay, yeah. like because of the way it the, the the texture, I guess. Yeah, like all the cheeses, like the bocconcini and the um, uh, the burrata and the buffalo, they all have their different textures and consistencies, right? Yeah, and okay. tastes. Do you think ultimately we all have a device in in us with technology? Like, I wanted to go a little bit further back into that. You said it, it's like technology changes where information is stored in one area and then devices are being optimized to be more portable. And then does that mean also sometime maybe in the future the device will disappear and the the body becomes a device? Do you think that's realistic? Well, I don't know if we'll ever get... I don't know if you and I will ever see that in our lifetime. But you are noticing the devices are becoming smaller. Mm. You know, you look at the Apple iWatch. Um, you look at, um, you know, you'll start to see screens that are built into, um, sunglasses or, um, so you'll start to see that style of things where things can get more compact Yeah, and they're smart, mm-hmm. right? The Fitbit, right? They can take a look at how small that guy is and what a dick can do. Yeah. Yes. Do you track? Do uh, it? No. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I have one, but I mostly use it just when I do um, the bike. Mm. I I can only work out when I um, when the kids are in bed. So tonight I didn't work out. Mm. So you want to hear about the, an idea that I've had? Yes, I do. Yeah, and I don't mind broadcast because I hope someone can take and run with it. How cool would it be if there was a device installed instead of so if you've got a tooth that falls out, you install an electronic device that sits in your mouth. Okay monitors everything you eat so then your fitbit tells you how many calories you've consumed for the day mm. tells you when to stop that's good mm. yes i'm sure that'll be out there one day yes yeah i've got a i've got a, a group of students right now at the college mm. um that are working on an invention for me Ooh. yeah so they've got the prototype they've taken a recording of it and uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, they're a really great team. They're very, very smart, mm. and uh, they're motivated, and they understand why I'm inventing this, and uh, they understand where I want to take it. And uh, it should, uh, it should do, uh, it should pack a good punch when it gets, uh, hopefully, eventually launched. And that's something different. It's something yes. different. Yeah, it's a device. Talk, we don't have to talk yeah, about what it's it something, is. It's a device. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it'll uh, it's to do with security. Mm. And um, yeah, you are an inventor. I 
the brain never stops, right? So you're always thinking. You write things down? No. How do no. you? How so do you two things I I don't do very well. I don't I don't write things down, and I don't do a lot of reading. Okay. I do a lot of thinking. Mm. How do you keep the? Do you have a good memory then? I guess. Uh, well, I think I do have a good memory. I wouldn't say I have the best memory. Mm. Are you saying when I think about things like that, when ideas? you have that spark and it comes to you? So when that spark comes to me, that's probably the only thing I can think of for the next three, six, seven hours, days. Sometimes oh, wow. it, you know, so it just stay, stays there constantly. I look at something and I'm like thinking about it. Wow. And then you start to perfect it in your mind and how it would operate and how it would work and how it would look. So you build it, actually. Yeah. You have the idea yeah. and then you build it in your mind. Yeah, and then it just sits there. It stays. You, you can't forget about it. You know <laughs> what I mean? You just can't. Just put it down on paper. Yeah, I guess you could. Mm. Yeah. But I'm not a good writer. Mm. I don't use the right words to describe things. That's that's okay. Yeah. You can get past that onto your team. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have like when you have a new invention in Canada? I don't know how in the US it's like a pet, patents. Yeah, patent. Patents, yeah, you have to yeah. do all that. Yeah. Is that in Canada too? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to file for all that stuff there. And, and that what is does that do? That's like you have the right to it. Well, yeah. Then then you know when you when you have your patent and it's protecting your idea. Okay. So then uh, mm -hmm. a competitor or. A company that has a lot more money than you do can't mm. come around and build a better product right away, okay. kind of using your ideas and designs, right? Yeah. How long is that applicable? Is there a, is there a time limit on it? I, yeah, there is a time limit. I don't know the actual rules. Like For some reason, 25 is popping in my head right now, so I don't know if, you know, after 25 years then it goes wow, away. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, for sure. That gives you enough time to, yeah. to really perfect the product and make some good uh, progress in it. Who's your favorite inventor? Um, well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I was, I've always been fond of my Bill Gates okay. and what he's done. Yes. Um, I think he, um, he had the vision, mm. he had the uh, foresight, he had the motivation, he had the determination, the drive to, and he changed the world. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a goal of putting a PC in every single one's home and he, they accomplished that. Right. And I think, uh, he was brilliant what he did with IBM and how he launched Microsoft and how he's built that company. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I thought you would say Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> I'm not really a history buff, so I, it would be hard for me to tell you who, who did what. Yes. So yeah. it's, it's your life, eh? Yeah. The, um, the technology side. Yeah, but the way that you pick that person, Bill Gates, it's like I can see this is this is like this is your life mm -hmm. where you identify yourself very strongly. Yeah, yeah. They had him on the I think on the Ellen Show, and they asked him, "Hey, we show you some products on the in the supermarket, and you tell us how much it is." So they showed him like a piece of butter, or they showed him a curtain of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to guess how much it is. But I, that poor guy never goes shopping himself, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he's been getting a lot of negative publicity and what goes on with uh, the vaccine and this whole thing about, with COVID. So I don't, and I'm not, I try not to follow it. I mean, mm. I followed it at the beginning, you know, every day I was listening to it. And Michael, it was just uh, 
can't even describe it. It was like a black cloud that just wasn't going away and it was just growing bigger and bigger. And finally, I just, I snapped one day and I said, that's it. I'm turning it off. Yes. I'm going to work. I'm going to play my music like I normally do mm. and uh, and just carry on forward. Yeah. And um, I, I never stopped going to Sensia the whole time. I, I went every day. Yeah, you but, couldn't, right? Yeah. I mean, we needed someone there to watch. You know, because of the data center, we needed someone on the ground to... to it's to, essential. To essential. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're essential service, yeah. But um, I, uh, I, I just didn't want to change what I was doing because I felt like... I don't know. I just there was this feeling of like losing mm-hmm. if you would stop doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like yes, yeah. So I, st- I turned it off, and I don't follow it as much. But I know lately, I mean, you know, every once in a while you'll see an article and uh, mm. yeah, this whole uh, the whole vaccine thing. I know he's been getting a little bit of uh, bad publicity for sure. That's a very good point where you said you shut it off. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing actually. Like, and it was like daily. You would check. Oh, what's the number today? And eventually, I just couldn't do it anymore. I got to that point too, where I said, "Okay, that's it for me." Yeah. yeah. Do you do you feel like the world will ever go back to normal? Um, no. Do I want the world to go back to normal? Yes. But I believe that when a world ex when a when when a world can uh, experiences that type of trauma, I don't think you ever go back to normal. I think there's mm-hmm. always going to be a scar and there's always going to be something left that, yes, you know. So I, I feel that this was probably the first time, other than a world war, yeah, that uh, has happened. Trauma that's traumatized everyone. Mm-hmm. And when I say traumatized everyone, you're talking about little kids all the way up to seniors. Yes. Mental health is big. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Did and, you? Did you? Someone decided that it was more important to keep the liquor stores open than the gyms. Yeah, yeah, that was my biggest beef. Yeah, yeah. I get that, but it's like, yeah, maybe they should have left both open, right? Because there's people channel energy differently. Yeah. The mental health is a big deal. Mm. And I think we haven't even seen, I don't think we even even haven't seen the start of what's going to be, you know, what's the repercussions here. Very true. Yeah, I did. We bought a bottle of Bailey's that we usually don't have in the house. And then during the day, sometimes we put it in the coffee, just like it felt good. But I get the gym side. I I mostly did it at home, though. <clears throat> I like going to a gym because it's uh, an extra motivation. I mean, I know I could have done stuff at home and stuff, so don't get me wrong, but it's a different thing when you go there. There's different equipment. You've got a trainer that's pushing you or that's yelling at you and motivating you. You see somebody else that maybe is doing the certain exercise and they're doing better than you, so you want to do it. Mm. You know, so there's that, that element of that's needed, right? And I understand that you know people are trying to keep us safe as well. Yeah. No, I hear you. Gym is always better. Hundred percent. I have one more question. It's more on the personal level too, because with the Corona thing, you brought that up. Did you and Elna talk about the kids and sending them back to school as a couple together? And was that an easy decision, or what did you do? Uh, no, it was it was it was a common decision. I mean, the kids wanted to go back to school. Yeah, the kids didn't want to stay home anymore. Yeah, Michael, the, my my uh, 
my son had a hard time with being at home. He, he's a very social guy. Mine too. And uh, he had a very hard time. I mean, you know, uh, there was a point that we live in a really in a in a neighborhood that has a school, really mm-hmm. nice school, like literally across the street. It's got a great basketball court. Nice. And um, the kids in the neighborhood they go there to play basketball, and I love it. Because I can see them from my back deck. I can hear them play. I can hear the him hit the back, and I can hear them slam. You know, mm-hmm. I can you can hear all those, right? You hear him score. And um, we had uh, there's a Facebook group that's in our neighborhood, and the kids were playing basketball, and um, somebody in that neighbor in that Facebook group took a photo, mm. and they posted the kids that they shouldn't be together playing, and they said, "Well, what shitty parents." would allow their kids to go play. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. And you think about that, and it's like, well, what would you rather the kids do, sit at home downstairs in a basement on an iPad? Mm-hmm. I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic, but, you know, they're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. You've got no risks in Northwest Ontario. There's no key, or, you know, maybe today there's one or two. Yes. We've never had, uh, you know, this huge outbreak that everyone, you know, and again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be safe. Absolutely. Yes. There should be a um, there should a careful be, safe. Let's there should make, be something for people that are challenged through the situation because they're all isolating and they go nuts. Yeah. Yeah, there should be. Yeah. Mental health is so important. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. My boy, he was like, he we managed, but I saw it in him, just probably like you did too. Yeah. Okay. I like that you point that out. And I think it's important that we, we find a solution where however long this is that we can take care of people mm-hmm. everybody it's very important oh, for sure and you know we protect the weak we protect the sick and we protect the old and then go from there yes okay I think I'm good are you are you good oh, absolutely good. Well, fantastic <laughs> I wanted to I want to close this off then and let you go. I I wanted to give you, from my perspective, what I see, <clears throat> and I will miss many parts and many things. I'm not perfect, but for me, Joe, the um, what you represent when I when I reach out to people that know you and what they sent back to me, and I I've, I had them on the show, right? I talked to them. I don't know them very well. Like it's it's not a it's a like I know them, but it's not on the same level as yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's absolutely amazing what comes back and what you do, what people think about you, and like it shows what you do when people s- send me the stuff, and you know the the company you're running with Irene together and all your team members, and that's you. You this came together. It was built. And you did that. You give back to the community in so many ways. And you you were involved with Shift. You know, you help young people to find. You teach. You teach in university when you were a student. Like, think about that. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's funny talking about all these stories and realize how much time has gone by. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's good. Wonderful, absolutely okay. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. Thanks for the opportunity. I had a, I had a lovely evening. 
Wonderful. Michael, I didn't know what to expect uh, coming in here. And as you noticed, I sent you a message asking, hey, do I, what do I need to prepare? You know what I mean? Do you need me to read something? <laughs> I hate reading, but I'll read it. You know, yeah, yeah. what are you going to write something down? You know, I didn't know what you wanted to talk yeah. about. So. Did I text you back? I was like, no, Joe. No, no. Yeah, it's, I got it's it. It's all on me. It's all on you. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I didn't do anything today, though. You know, mm-hmm. usually I write things down, like I do my research. But um, I... I think I I reached out to the people that are close and, you know, they gave guidance and feedback and I could work with that. That's good. Thank you. It's beautiful. Wish you a wonderful night and thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye.